Gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you this Monday morning for giving us another week to experience your grace and mercy. Speak to us now through your word so that we can hear your heart and follow your call joyfully today in the power of the Holy Spirit. In precious name of Jesus, your incarnate word, we all pray. Amen. Let's read today's text, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 to 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 to 10. I must go on boasting, although there is nothing to be gained. I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was cut up to the third heaven. Whether it was in, in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. But I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was cut up to the paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. I'll boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I'll not be a fool because I'll be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted but what I do or say, or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insult, in hardship, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Last Friday, we saw Paul's boasting his weakness, first in his anti-heroic escape in Damascus. Paul described himself as a coward because he scaled down the wall not scaling up the wall. Instead of ob obtaining the corona moralis, the world crown, he got, in a way saying, he got the corona moron, the fool's crown. Today, we will continue to see Paul's boasting his weakness in an ironic personal experience. He is emerging two experiences here today. Extraordinary heavenly rapture, an earthly horrible ailment. As I'm going to focus on the first supernatural experience, also called the Paul's journey to paradise or third, uh, third heaven. And tomorrow I'm going to deal with the Paul's pain uh, of a thorn in flesh because it's too much to chew. Once again, Paul was uh, concentrating on Jesus, whether he was in his highs or in his lows of life. What Paul wanted most was to boast Christ. And to boast Christ and his greatness, Paul boasts his weaknesses. He focused on his weaknesses. Now, 
I want us to notice a few, actually three important facts about Paul's talk about his experience of rapture into heaven. Rapture into heaven. Are you interested? This is a very juicy story to a lot of Christians these days. Well, I'm throughout that time. Now, first, notice his reluctance. First thing we need to notice about Paul's talk about spiritual, super, this extraordinary spiritual experience is a reluctance. Paul reluctantly talks about it. He talks about experience in a third-person description. Verse 2, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was cut up to the third heaven. And verse 3 again, I know that man. And verse 5, I will boast about a man like that, but I will not. Obviously, Paul was not talking about somebody else but himself because each time Paul said, I don't know whether it's in my body, I, you, know, you know, whether in my body or not. You know, in the body or apart from body, I do not know. So we know Paul is talking about himself. And apparently, this spiritual experience happened 14 years ago. Since we estimated Paul wrote his letters to Corinthians, Around A.D. 56 to 58, the extraordinary event took place uh, about A.D. 42 to 45, during a period about which we knew nothing. We know nothing about Paul's life. By the way, Paul was sent home after his conversion in Damascus and his brief, you know, visitation visit with apostles in Jerusalem because his life was in danger. And he was there for a long time. So, this is the event that we don't have much you know, information other than Paul's mention today. Now, why is Paul talking about heavenly rapture now? The second thing we must notice is a reason. And the reason that Paul is now reluctantly talk about this is Paul was forced to talk about this experience caused by Corinthian situation. As you know, Corinthian church, they were, they were, they were going through some uh, a confusing time uh, because of uh, Paul's opponent, you know, aka super apostles. And uh, many people in Paul's time, including these super apostles, they were deeply interested in so-called uh, uh, mystery religions. Even Jewish rabbis, they're into some kind of uh, apocalyptical spiritual writings and letters, I mean, literatures. And they all love to talk about sp uh, spiritual experiences. It's very familiar to today. You know, uh, yesterday I was reading some of the, you know, the examples, the Mithra liturgy, and uh, if I have time later, you know, I mean, if those of you have time, you know, ask me later and I'll share. These are incredible things that people talk about or, you know, they claim to know about heaven. It's incredible. It's elaborate. And as we know, in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, Corinthians were fascinated with the flamboyant spiritual experiences and talks. So the reason Paul recalled this heavenly experience today was not to outdo his opponent, but to direct 
Corinthians and everyone regarding the true greatness of God, that is a Christ. Instead of trying to get into the heaven or into this kind of rapture experience, Paul was telling us, you need to get into the Christ, the Lord of the heaven and earth, and he's a revelation, the gospel. Paul does not want to win a battle about who is better and who is bigger, who is deeper, who is more, who is richer, who is more spiritual. That's not Paul's concern here. Paul wants to win everyone just for Christ. He wants Christ to win, win people's hearts and minds and adoration, not himself. That's why he was reluctantly, yet resolutely, talks about his heavenly experience today. By the way, all the authentic spiritual experiences known in Christian, of a direct experience of God in, known in Christian history were not shared by the people who experienced them, but those who, uh, around their lives, later found out. Francis of Assisi, you know, it's a stigmata, Thomas Aquinas' beautiful vision, Blaise Pascal's famous note about the fire, fire, God of uh, Revelation, God of Abraham, and Isaac and Jacob, not a God of philosopher. This all was discovered by people later, not by themselves. You know, it brought me, as uh, some of you don't, real, uh, don't know, but about 20 years ago, South Korea, there was an incredible uh, a spiritual storm called, uh, caused by a book uh, by an American a Christian guy named uh, Percy Cole. And the title of the book was Heaven I Saw. Apparently, he went to heaven for five days and he received a 100 revelation. And he wrote about that experience. It was bestseller. And he was, you know, uh, uh, asked, he was sought after speaker in every mega church in Korea. And uh, but in America, they found out that he was a fraud. Actually, uh, uh, a Far East Broadcasting Company, the translator is a good pastor who, who was helping him out in the middle of a translation. He said, I can translate because this is not what Bible says. And they stopped. But again, people who really don't know God they thought they want to really draw attention to themselves. But people who really experience God, they don't want to draw experience to themselves, but only to God. Here, we must learn important theological truth and spiritual caveat. That is this. Not my every experience of God is edifying. Let me repeat that. Not every experience of God is edifying. Not my every experience of God is edifying. Some experience can confuse others. I hear the third and final lesson from today's text is this. Paul's self-restraint is so edifying, more than it's a super spiritual experience of a heavenly rapture. Here I'm challenged and I saw that Paul's self-restraint Paul does not want to share of God, experience of God, unless God has a message for him to convey. Yes, Paul did share about some of the, his spiritual experiences. 
in the Galatians 1, Galatians 2, and Acts chapter 16, 18, 22, we have a plenty of places where Paul talks about God's direct revelation to him. And each time, he had a message to convey. That's why he shared those experiences. Otherwise, times like this, trip to third heaven or paradise, where human word failed to describe and he didn't receive the God's direct message, Paul was silent. Bernard of Clairvaux is right when he said, if a great apostle had to be transported to that place which he could not know by his own learning or climb by his own strength, even with a, even with a guide, then I, so tiny compared to Paul, must never presume that I can climb to the third heaven by my own strength and effort. Let's not focus on experience. Let's focus on God. Let's not focus on ourselves. Let's focus on God in each one of us. Dear brothers and sisters, let us not seek the rapture into heaven, but let's seek to know God and Christ, the Lord of heaven and earth, in our hearts today. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, though we haven't been raptured into heaven, but we know heaven. Because the very heaven of heaven, the Lord of heaven, Jesus Christ, came to each one of us a heart. And he sent the Holy Spirit in our heart. And we know his love. We know how much you love us, Heavenly Father. Lord, we pray that instead of this, uh, this uh, uh, spectacular experience, help us to really experience you small things today. Doesn't matter whether small or large, but it's your you who is talking to us and leading us. And that's what we care. And help us to share you not our experience with others. In your precious Son's name we all pray. Amen.